2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians this morning. Turn your Bibles there. Second Corinthians is right after the book First Corinthians, and Second um, Corinthians chapter number five. If you would found your place, whenever you do, we'll stand reverence the word of God together. Second <clears throat> Corinthians, chapter number five. Don't know how this message is going to turn out, but I hope it turns out however the Lord wants it to turn out. So that's how I'm going to preach this morning, is what thus saith the Lord. I'm going to preach directly out of our text this morning and (coughs) title everything directly out of the text. Verse number 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, Scripture saith, Therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them, excuse me, unto them. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you, in Christ's stead, be reconciled, be reconciled to God. Now listen to this verse. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to help us this morning to preach your word and what you have for us. We love you so much, and we ask you, God, to help us. And we ask you, Lord, to just please, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us this morning. We need it today. Uh, We love you so much. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Where we find ourselves this morning uh, is probably familiar verses, especially verse 17 and verse number 21, where it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become, are become new. Uh, verse 21, we know that verse tells us very clearly, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so the passage we've read today is full of blessings. For the child of God. There's so many good things that I've just read in these scriptures. uh, And these verses tell us that through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, uh, He provided our redemption. And in that, God hath reconciled believers uh, to Himself. Uh, Now the word reconciled in the 1828 dictionary, uh, Webster's 1828 tells us, uh, it means uh, being brought into the friendship or fellowship uh, from a state of enmity. Uh, It tells us that we have been brought into a fellowship uh, and to friendship uh, uh, and what was once a state of enmity is now friendship and fellowship. Uh, in the Strong's Concordance it has another meaning as well uh, that is added to it and it means to change mutually. It means to exchange. Uh, and so therefore if I give you a dollar and you give me a dollar back uh, we'd be even and everything would be good. Uh, but if you gave me a dollar and I didn't give you anything back we wouldn't be even. That's kind of how the exchange was between us and Jesus Christ. 
Uh, he gave us everything and we gave Him nothing. Uh, ourselves is what we have to give Him. Uh, but thankful He wants us. Uh, but we have been freed from the bondage of the Adamic uh, sin nature that was given to us. Uh, we have been freed from that and have been acceptable in the sight of God uh, through Christ. Uh, that's a miracle this morning, friend. Uh, that's a miracle. It's such a miracle that now we have been made new in Christ. Uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Uh, um, the old man is dead, uh, is now completely dead, and we are raised in the newness of life, uh, being totally uh, transformed as a new creature in him. Uh, Paul had this experience. Uh, he had experienced this uh, glorious, uh, glorious transformation, uh, and he felt uh, compelled to share it uh, as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, um, and so, so he said, hey, I, I simply cannot keep it to myself. I'm going to have to share it to others. And so the question is, has a person changed? Has the person changed? We've heard it before time and time again. Does the person have a desire to tell others? We've heard all of those things. But according to what we read today, that person who gets born again does. He has changed and he does have a desire to tell others about it. Uh, and so we've heard it over and over and over again, I understand, but within the text we have read today, we see two basic attributes of one who has been reconciled. Uh, we see, number one, the blessings associated with the one who has been reconciled. Uh, we'll cover that in three points. Uh, and then secondly, we see the burden uh, accompanying uh, those who have been reconciled. Uh, and so we'll deal with one point on that one. Uh, and so I'm We'll preach this thought straight out of our text this morning. In verse number 17, the Bible says, If any man be in Christ. I'm going to preach that thought this morning. If any man be in Christ. Number, number one, I want you to notice with me. I'm trying to be fast. Number one, I want you to notice with me the miracle of reconciliation. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, uh, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, I think it do us well to take a moment uh, and to ponder upon a statement such as this. Uh, you know, honestly, it is more than I can physically understand, uh, more than I can mentally understand. Paul uh, tells those in Christ that we are now a new creature. We are now now a new creature. We must catch this. You know, the Lord uh, did not merely fix a few areas in the life. Uh, that's not what it says there. The Lord did just not come in and just uh, merely uh, fix just a few things uh, um, within our lives that something that needed attention uh, or something that needed changing. Uh, no, no. If we believe the Bible, it tells us that we are made new in Christ. Uh, we are new creatures in Christ. Uh, he did not change a few things. Uh, he changed everything. Hallelujah. He changed all that we have inside of us. The former things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The very essence of our being has been transformed in Christ. Now those born in sin, being dead to God, are now made alive unto Christ. They're made alive unto Him. Those separated from God, having no relationship, uh, having the wall of partition in between them, uh, now enjoy fellowship with the Lord. We now enjoy fellowship with Him. Those once uh, who were overtaken by sin, uh, living only to please the flesh, uh, now seek a life of righteousness in Christ. 
There's things changing around this place. Uh, those once condemned uh, in sin facing the penalty of eternal death uh, are given eternal life. Uh, what a change Jesus makes in me. Uh, um, thank God Jesus passed by. Those who were once falling uh, and facing eternal judgment uh, in a Christless hell uh, are now headed to eternity in heaven. Uh, what a miracle. What a miracle uh, one experiences with being reconciled to God. Reconciliation, friend, took place at Calvary. When you accept Jesus Christ as the payment uh, and you get born again, uh, then it looks like a whole new book uh, has started over. And it says, in the beginning, uh, if you look back at the beginning of time, uh, you'll find that Adam uh, was reconciled to God. Uh, He was with God. Uh, He was in communion with God. He was in fellowship with God. He walked with God uh, in the the noon of the day. Uh, He went in all of those places. He was reconciled to God. Uh, then sin took place Uh, sin came in uh, and it broke the fellowship between Adam and God we are in the Adamic nature we have been raised and been born all have sinned and come short of the glory of God Uh, all are born into sin in our Adamic nature and there we are in that we are not reconciled to God uh, but what took place uh, is just as it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God uh, just as we go back and said in the beginning God created heaven uh, and the the earth uh, and in day number six he created mankind uh, and when all of that took place friend uh, when all of that took place it was the beginning of everything uh, and when you get born again it is the beginning of everything Amen. it's the beginning of everything that's a miracle of re- a reconciliation secondly I want you to notice the mediator of reconciliation verse 18 and the beginning and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ by Jesus Christ verse 19 at the beginning uh, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and not imputing their trespasses uh, um, not imputing their trespasses unto them hallelujah we see the mediator Paul along with other writers in scripture Reveals the condition of mankind. So in the first Adam, we are all born in sin. We're separated from God. We're hopeless and we're helpless case. It's just as simple as that. And this is called the Adamic nature. The Adamic nature. Humanity stood in need of one um, to be able to deliver us from uh, our sin and to reconcile us or bring us back uh, to a holy uh, and a righteous God. Uh, And God Himself, through the incarnation of sacrifice, now get this, uh, through the incarnation uh, and um, the sacrifice of the only begotten Son, uh, stood stood as the mediator between Him and Him, uh, stood as a mediator between us and Him, the personal provider of reconciliation, the personal provider of redemption for us. Hallelujah, friend. Notice a few things about this. I want you to notice the the, the sacrificial source. The sacrificial source. Verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ. Reconciled uh, us 
to himself by Jesus Christ. Paul told us very clearly that there are things uh, are that, that things are of God. Is that what it says? And all things are of God. That's what it says. All things are of God. He is the creator. He is the sustainer of the universe and who, and who inhabit the earth. Uh, he created mankind in his own image. Is that right? Uh, in their own image, uh, choosing to not to, to do so in order that we might worship him and enjoy fellowship with him. Uh, and understand this. We cannot put God in our time box. He does know all. God knows everything. I believe that 100%. He knew that salvation would require a perfect sacrifice and to take away our sins. God knew that. God knew that 100%. He knew that sacrifice had to come and He knew that once man sinned, there had to be a sacrifice. Why do you think He went down there and went ahead and typed His Son? He said, I'm going to slay this lamb and I'm going to cover you with the coats of it uh, and I tell you if you'll look uh, you'll find that you're covered by the blood of the lamb uh, and I want you to look ahead some 4,000 years uh, and find there's a man uh, who's going to come uh, and he's going to die on a tree uh, and you're going to be covered by the lamb of God uh, and what took place on that day he showed them uh, that only one sacrifice uh, could take away sins forever on one and he alone would be able to provide uh, only he could provide the perfect sacrifice and we are reconciled to God through the perfect sacrifice of his son the second person of the Godhead in the midst of man's hopeless mess God provided the sacrifice necessary to take away our sins to reconcile us to himself the what the first Adam messed up the second Adam fixed hallelujah friend I tell you that's what it is God provided for our salvation and reconciliation through the sacrifice of his son amen so we've seen the sacrificial source We've seen the supreme sovereignty. Verse 19. Hey, I, I gotta I gotta read this. At the beginning. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world and himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. We must keep in mind that the holy and righteous nature of the Almighty God uh, is that he cannot fellowship with sin. I'm gonna blow your mind here in just a second. God did not. Create sin. The Bible tells us that the devil is the author of it. He's the author of it. He's the the beginning of it. Uh, He did not create sin. God condemns sin uh, is what God does. And if He did create sin, uh, He would no longer be holy uh, as He is. Uh, And those who enter into God's presence uh, having the privilege of fellowshipping with Him uh, must be righteous uh, and must be absolutely free from sin. That's just how it works, friend. Uh, But wait, that is a major problem for you and I. That's a major problem due to the fall of Adam, uh, we are all born in sin. Uh, We're lacking the righteousness of God's holy demands. Uh, We cannot reach it. Uh, We cannot obtain it. Uh, We cannot do anything about it. Uh, We cannot reach the righteous demands of a holy God. Uh, We cannot do it. Uh, We had no way of obtaining uh, righteousness uh, necessary to commune with God. We could not do it. Uh, But in this verse we see a wonderful attribute of our reconciliation. The Bible tells us to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them. Their trespasses unto them. And so, so, so God alone is holy and righteous. Is that right? 
We agree on that. We all agree that He's holy and He's fully righteous. Uh, everything He does, He's holy and righteous in His, uh, in His judgment. He's holy and righteous in His, uh, in His uh, love. He's holy and righteous in everything. Uh, God is a perfectly balanced being. Uh, that's what He is. Uh, and I tell you, His righteous nature is offended uh, by sin within humanity. It, he is completely offended by it. Uh, therefore, we discover that God is the righteous one. Uh, he is the only righteous one. He is the one offended by sin. But by His grace and in His mercy and grace, what He did is God chose to provide the solution for our mess. He chose to provide something for our mess. He chose to send His only begotten Son into this world, born of a virgin, free from sin, to die on the cross as a ransom payment for your sin and my sin. And so in providing the perfect acceptable sacrifice for sin, God chooses uh, to impute uh, our sins, uh, to impute my sins, uh, uh, to impute all that I've done uh, and to transfer it uh, to uh, the the righteousness of His perfect darling Son uh, and to all who come to Him for salvation. Uh, And friend, I tell you, God uh, God could have condemned us to hell for all of eternity uh, after all we were guilty and we were deserving uh, of it, but instead He chose to lay His Son on an old rugged cross and to put all of my sins upon Him and to put everything that I had in me and that I'm going to do and set it upon His darling Son and to turn His back from Him because God holy and sinless cannot look upon sin and not judge it. He had to judge that sin. He judged your sin on Jesus. He judged my sin on Jesus. He judged the sins of the whole world on Jesus. And there on the cross, He placed the righteousness of Christ on us receiving the saved by grace just as He does His Son. He receives us as He receives His Son. I stand righteous before God in Christ today. Hallelujah. I stand righteous in front of Him, friend. There was the miracle of reconciliation that He was the mediator of reconciliation. Thirdly, I want you to notice, uh, now we've just dealt with uh, the blessings associated with reconciliation. I want you to notice the burden uh, accompanying reconciliation. Now this is going to be uh, the third point. We got one more after that and we'll go back to another blessing. But I want you to notice the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 18, we just read it. Verse 19, well verse 18, let's read the rest of it. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Excuse me, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, uh, not imputing their trespasses unto them, uh, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be re- ye reconciled to God. And so, so what is this? What a wonderful blessing to receive the grace of God. What a wonderful thing. Uh, and when, when in reality, you know, he didn't have to give us salvation. He, didn't, he wanted to give us salvation, thank God. Uh, but Paul then looks at the burdens here. He looks not only at the blessings here. He looks at the burdens. I want you to notice a few of them. I I want you to notice the walk of those reconciled. 
the walk of those reconciled at the end of verse number 18 and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so Paul tells those who have been reconciled to God that they are now responsible for the ministry of reconciliation. And this does not mean that you and I are able to reconcile anyone to God. We have been reconciled to Him, but He alone has the ability um, to be able to do that, to, to reconcile anyone to Himself. And so what exactly is Paul referring to in this statement here? Well, many think he's referring primarily to himself and to the other apostles. But by implication, I believe it is a responsibility for every born-again believer. Now, you're not understanding what it is yet either. And I'm not either, but I want you to get that. And so I want you to think about it here. Well, um, those who are in Christ are to live a fully surrendered life unto the Lord. We are to seek uh, to, to know Him. We are to make Him known. We are to do all those things. And we are to live in such a way uh, that others will notice the transformation in our lives. Uh, and that we are, uh, and we are to bear witness uh, of our reconciliation to God. That's the ministry of reconciliation. Bearing witness of our reconciliation to God. And so all who have been reconciled to God are to bear that witness to reconcile among those who are also standing in need of reconciliation. Also those who need to be pulled back into God. Who needs to be brought back to God. And we are to testify of the goodness and the grace of God in our lives. Don't we want others to have what we have? So the walk of those reconciled. And then 19 at the end. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So I want you to notice the word of those reconciled. And I love the Bible. So, so he's given us a ministry of reconciliation. That's our walk. He gave us the word of reconciliation. And so, so living upright before God and others is certainly expected of those who have been reconciled and saved. But that alone is not the only requirement. Now we have also been committed with the word of reconciliation. The word of it. Now, now we're entrusted with the good news of the gospel, aren't we? We're entrusted with the good news. And as we live our lives among those uh, in need of reconciliation, we must also be willing to share the gospel with him, uh, ladies. You need to share the gospel with those around you. Men, you need to share the gospel with those around you. And I tell you, we're entrusted with that. God gave you and granted you and handed you the perfect gospel. And if you don't use it, you're doing it disjustice. Amen, friend. We must, we must be willing to share the gospel with them. Just, just walking it ain't enough, friend. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them, revealing how they, how they too can be reconciled to God and having a good testimony among others uh, is essential. But unless we're willing to verbalize uh, the gospel, the lost will never understand uh, their need for reconciliation to God. Uh, they'll never understand why they need it. Uh, they'll never understand, much less uh, understand how gracious uh, a transformation that God can do to them. Uh, they'll never understand it. How can we reach a world that we cannot touch how can we reach a world that we do not touch Romans chapter 10 and verse number 14 the Bible says how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher they must hear it before they can heed it they must the word of reckon those reconciled walk I want you to notice in verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. I want you to notice the witness of those who are reconciled. 
The witness of those reconciled. Paul reveals his life was no longer his own life as he pleased. He could no longer live it just how he wanted to live it. He served as an ambassador for Jesus Christ along with all who have been reconciled to God. And this is an interesting aspect of our relationship to Christ. You see, the saved serves as ambassadors for Him. He's the one who did all the work. We're still ambassadors for Him. We are representatives of His kingdom and of Him. That's what we are. If you're representative representative of Walmart, you have to represent Walmart. I'm a representative of, 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 of Rogers Masonry. That's just me. I represent them. I represent Mountain Valley Baptist Church. You do too. You're representatives of this church and I'm representative of this church. But we are more importantly a representative of the family of God, of the Lord Himself. The sir, saved serve as ambassadors for Him. Literally, we represent the God that we serve. We proclaim the message of the king we do not seek glory or recognition for ourselves but seek to point others to him that's our job and as an ambassador for Christ we're to proclaim the gospel of his work and to redeem and reconcile humanity that's our job we ought to be doing that we must have a witness in our words friend we must have a witness in our words how we talk matters don't you think yeah, man, I haven't preached on this stuff in a while. How we talk matters. Uh, you know, if you say if you say something derogatory, I'm thankful y'all don't do all that. But if you say something derogatory, you cuss, you lie, you uh, you gossip, and the next word you say is the gospel, it won't work. Right. Amen. Yeah, man, it won't work. Now the scripture says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of the mouth, but that which is good, use of edifying, uh, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Yep. Yeah. Ephesians 4.29. We must have a witness in our walk. We must have a witness in our, I mean, our words and our walk. We must have a witness in our walk. Now, 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 if you walk one way today and another tomorrow, you're not, you're nothing but a hypocrite. Let me tell you what the Bible says about hypocrites. Well, First John chapter two, verse four, the Bible says, "He that saith I know him, keepeth not my commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him." You know what else the Bible says? The Bible says, "The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways." Amen, friend. We must be a witness in our walk and our talk and in our words and also in our wardrobe. Amen. In our wardrobe. Now, a harlot looks like one. A drunk typically looks like a drunk. Uh, You know what? A druggie, guess what he looks like? He looks like a druggie. Right? You know what else looks like this? You know that the Orthodox Jews look like Orthodox Jews. You know, Jews, you can tell them, and they're deceived, but you can tell that they're Jews immediately. I've seen them all over the New York airport, and I promise you, every one of them about made me cry because they're steeped in religion. They don't know Jesus. An Orthodox Jew, you can tell that they're an Orthodox Jew. If you walk out there, I promise you, you'll be able to tell who the Amish are. I promise you, you'll be able to tell who the Mormons are. I guarantee it. You'll even be able to tell who the Jehovah's Witnesses are most of the time. But you tell me, why in the world can a child of God not look like a child of God? Why in the world can we not look like a child of God? 
It, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy. You know what a Christian's closing, closing should be? It should be discreet. It should be modest. It should be modest. Uh, modest, not forward, not bold, not arrogant, not boastful, not excessive, not extreme, not extravagant, uh, or to gain attention, but it should be moderate. It should be modest. It should be discreet. You know what else it should be? Somebody help me here. It should be distinctive, thank God. I tell you, friend, you ought to look like a woman, and you ought to look like a man. That's just what it is, friend. You ought to look who you are. You are born as a man or as a woman and you ain't going to be able to change it. Know how many surgeries you have. It ought to be distinctive and discreet. And then also it ought to be different. It ought to be different, friend. If you compare what the world is wearing to what you're wearing, is it different? I'm talking about a general sense. Well, guess what, friend? It should be. It should be different. If you expect a preacher to be different, then why ain't you different? Amen. I know everybody in here is pretty good, but I'm just telling the truth. Just telling you the truth this morning. If I got to be different up here, why ain't you different? Amen. You want me to tell you what the Bible says? The Bible says a woman ought to be modest. You know what the Bible says also? The whole Old Testament. You know that it deals with the modesty of a man before it deals with the modesty of a woman? whole testament was laid out I'm just telling you friend I'm just telling you I can read I can read Bible verse after Bible verse I don't I ain't gonna you can you can, you can do what you want to do because you're gonna stand before the judge one day but I tell you what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 147 and verse number 10 the Bible says he talking about the Lord delighteth not in the strength of a horse he horse he talking about the Lord taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man Amen. If you're born again, friend, I tell you it's the truth. Your, egg, your legs ought to look like they've been dipped in Clorox. Amen. Amen, friend. I'm just telling you the truth right now. Is that we have lived this life, that scriptural application, friend. Uh, and we can live how we want to live. But I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible has everything laid out how He wants it. Uh, how God wants it, not how I want it. Uh, and our wardrobe, male and female, ought to be, uh, it ought to be discreet. It ought to be distinctive. And it ought to be different from the world. Amen, friend. The miracle of reconciliation, the mediator, the ministry. Lastly, I want you to notice this morning, this went back to one of the blessings. That was a burden. This is a blessing. Lastly, the measure of reconciliation. The Bible says, For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? We might be made the righteousness of God in him. As Paul concludes this thought, he brings us back to where we started and this profound statement affirms and it settles everything we've discussed this far. And let's just take a moment to examine one of the most compelling statements in all of Scripture that he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want you knows two things. I want you to know the substitution for us. The substitution for us. He said for he hath made him to be sin. Who's him? Jesus for us. Who's us? The whole world made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. We might be made the righteousness of God in him. I must say I cannot comprehend all these things. I stand in awe and I stand in wonder of the love and the grace of God which is bestowed on undeserving sinners. How is all of this possible? How can it be done? How can one dead in sin be raised in newness of life, being made acceptable to God? How can one who was separated and condemned in sin now enjoy fellowship with God? 
How can that happen? Paul tells us the answer. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. God placed the sin of the world, yours and mine included, upon his only begotten son. And as Christ hung before between heaven and earth, he bore our sin, and God in his holiness had to judge that sin. And so what took place? He judged our sin in the body of his precious sinless Son of God. He judged sin. That way, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could stand before the holy God free of sin. Hallelujah. We were the guilty. We deserved death on the cross. We deserved to endure the righteous judgment and the wrath of God being poured out upon our sin. After all, it was our sin that was judged by Christ and in Christ. However, Christ took, on, Christ took our place on the cross. He stood in my stead. He bore the wrath of God for sin and taste and death so that we could be redeemed and reconciled to Him. And Christ became our substitute, dying in our place. He did that. He did that. We now enjoy eternal life in Him because He willingly laid down His life to atone our sin. Take away our sin. What a Savior we have the privilege to serve the Bible. As in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 9. But we see Jesus, uh, who, has ma- who was made a little lower than the angels uh, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and with honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He did it, friend. The substitution for us. Then I want you to know the shift in us. Shift. Verse 21 at the end. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There's a change, friend. There's a change. The scoffers and the doubters at the cross viewed Christ uh, as one who hung in open shame, who was defeated. Uh, They viewed his death uh, as the end of one considered a blasphemer. That's what he was uh, crucified for. Uh, um, Little did they know uh, that in his death Christ secured uh, eternal victory. Uh, That in his death uh, he finished it. uh, And it was there uh, and that that sin was defeated. uh, It was there uh, that He provided the righteous sacrifice worthy uh, to take away sin. Uh, It was there that He secured righteousness for all who would come to Him for salvation. Uh, God judged our sin uh, in the body of His Son uh, and that we might be made righteous in Him. Amen. Amen. Those who were once dead in sin, separated, condemned before God are now righteous through Christ. I don't deserve that. We're justified in Him. We've been transformed from deadness to life, from sin to righteousness, from enemies to children, from adopted into the family with all the privileges associated with the King. Uh, Friend, we got it all this morning. We got it all. What an amazing, amazing transformation. If any man be in Christ. I pray you've been reconciled to God. Have you? ever been saved reconciled to God if not you can be the Bible tells us repent means to turn and believe repent and believe God provided the means of your salvation he provided the means of your reconciliation through the sacrifice of his son and I tell you Christian saved person in here are you committed to the ministry of reconciliation the walk 
the words, the witness? Are you living in such a way that others can see the transformation in your life? Are you willing to share the gospel with those who stand in need of reconciliation? Are you willing to do that? Lord made him, God made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin so that in him we might be made righteous in God. Thank the Lord if any man be in Christ this morning. Stand to your feet this morning, please. If you need to come pray, I'm going to pray right here. If you need to pray, you just come while I'm praying. Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for your goodness this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, that I am one of the men who are in Christ. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you saved me. Lord, that you did all the work in me, Lord, that you did the work. God, I'm so thankful that you did that for me. Oh, Lord, I'm thankful you died for me. I'm thankful you gave your life for me. I'm thankful that you shed your blood for me, Lord. I'm thankful that you reconciled me back to God. Lord, when I was a sinner, you died for me. You loved me, Lord. You loved me. And I'm so thankful for that this morning, God. I ask the Lord to work in the hearts of the people. Work in me, Lord. Pray, God, you do what only you can do. Lord, we'll love you. We'll praise you. We'll thank you for everything. Thank you, Lord, for being so faithful to us. Thank you, Lord, for the work in our lives, Lord, that you've done. Lord, that you've worked in this church. Ask you, Lord, to help us. Be faithful to you. We need your help this morning, Lord. I need your help. Pray, God, that you get all the glory, all the honor, all the joy, and all the praise, Lord. We praise you so much in Jesus' name. Lord, help these people who are praying. Such a, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to preach this morning. And I'll tell you the truth this morning. Listen, I'm not, I'm not perfect in my walk, not perfect, perfect in my witness, <clears throat> not perfect. And I, and listen, I, I, I feel the, I, I felt the stump when I got to that point. And I'm just telling you the truth this morning. When, when, you, when you get to a stump, plow. And so, I mean, this, this is the only way you're going to get out of the way. And so, so we're there. And so I'm just telling you this morning, it's not, it's not all about just, I, I'll tell you what I believe if you ask me. But what is the biggest point is what the Lord has said to you. And when you walk in the ways of God and through the scriptures that he has given us, just, I mean, every way is going to be right if you'll walk with this word. The shorts thing, I can't tell you a month ago, I never read that verse, and I read it. About a month. Three weeks. I was in Scotland. 
I was in Scotland, so about a month ago, um, and I read that verse, Psalms 147, I said, oh, Lord, help me. Now, I don't wear shorts, but I'm just telling you that. I mean, I sleep in them, that's it. And it convicted my heart, because I didn't know where I stood on things. And I'm just thankful that the Lord shows us through his word where he stands. Amen. Not just on shorts, but he tells us where he stands on pants. He tells us where he stands. I don't wear blue jeans. Does it mean you can't wear blue jeans? No. I don't wear blue jeans. Why? Well, you say, why don't you wear blue jeans? Because the Lord convicted my heart about wearing the blue jeans. He convicted my heart. Doesn't mean he convicted your heart. You with me? I hope y'all y'all get what I'm putting out here. I'm, I'm, I'm loving on you for a minute. I'm just telling you that I don't wear them because the Lord convicted my heart. Will I wear work pants? Sure, but they ain't going to be blue jeans. It's just me. I don't know. They just don't fit right. They just don't feel right. They just, I don't know. Doesn't mean you don't have to wear blue jeans. All I'm telling you, I, per, I have preferences. Don't mean you have to deal with preferences. Don't mean you have to live by the preferences. I have plenty of preferences, but don't mean you have to live by them. All I'm telling you is that the Word of God better be your final judge. And it will be your final judge. So if you'll make it your judge now and line your life up to it as your mirror, I promise you, when you get there, this final judge will already have you judged. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning.